And we're going to look at the second part of our series today, uh, Do It Again, Lord, at I Believe in Miracles. Uh, that statement that Sarah reminded us of uh, uh, from the uh, song by Hot Chocolate there, I Believe in Miracles. Do we believe in miracles today? Do we believe that what we see in Acts, what we read, what was read there by Rebecca, what was shared there, do we believe? Because this crippled man, this man who's been lame from birth, has been there day in, day out, day in, day out. It's not just that he suddenly rocks up. He has been there, hanging in, waiting for his miracle. And Glenn Scrivener says an interesting thing, whether we're a Christian today or whether we're not, whether we're feeling rather skeptical, whether we've come here just to investigate today. He says Christians believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Materialists believe in the virgin birth of the cosmos. Choose your miracle. In other words, that actually, even if you believe in the Big Bang Theory or whatever you might believe about how we're here, why we're here, what our purpose here on this earth is, there's a miracle attached to it in that we're here. We're living, breathing miracles this morning. Isn't that good? You're a beautiful miracle. You might not feel it, but actually you are, we are. Uh, whatever we choose to believe, there is something miraculous about the universe. And we have a faith, if we're here believing in Jesus today, we have a faith that is a miraculous faith. We have a faith that when Jesus Christ died, whether people believed he was God or not then, suddenly the curtain of the temple was torn in two and there was an earthquake, the earth shook. That was a miracle. It was a supernatural happening that said, yes, this truly was the Son of God that you've just hung on a cross. When he came back from the dead, there were over 500 eyewitness accounts that he was back. And Acts, the book of Acts, is an eyewitness account. It's eyewitness stuff. And what's interesting is academics sometimes steer clear of looking at the book of Acts, interestingly. They'll go to the letters, the epistles, get stuck in with the theology and the philosophy. But the book of Acts, they might steer clear of. Why? Because it's a book of happenings of the Holy Spirit as we heard last week from Tim. In other words, there were so many happenings going on that they couldn't help but talk about it and share it with their neighbours. It wasn't a must do better, must try harder, must tell my neighbour about God's power. It was look what we've seen our God do and therefore we can't help but share it. And I love this. Craig S. Keener is one of the braver academics who's written not just one but two massive volumes uh, that Ben kindly lent me this week. I'm not quite through them yet. Um, but he is looking at all over the world the miraculous power that's within Acts and what do academics learn and believe about the truth of it, the validity. And this is what he says in one of his conclusions. Hundreds and millions of people worldwide claim to have experienced or witnessed miracles. Eyewitness claims appear in a wide variety of cultures among Christians, often emulating the models of healings found in the Gospels and in Acts. Granted, such healings do not occur on every occasion and are fairly unpredictable, yet they seem to appear with special frequency in cultures and circles that welcome them. And for me, that last bit is the sting. Because we can say we know that sometimes they happen brilliantly and suddenly. Most of us perhaps know a story, and we're going to hear some today, of that to build our confidence and our faith. But we also live with the prayers unanswered yet. We live with the mystery of that. 
And this guy in this passage has lived many, many years from birth, in fact, with that level of mystery. How must he have felt? No wonder he was dancing uh, when actually this happened. So three things from this passage as we look at do it again, Lord, as that is our heart's cry this year. The first thing was there was a regular commitment to prayer. The second thing was there were fresh eyes on the day of the healing that were given both to the man, interestingly, and to Peter and John. And thirdly, this happened suddenly in the sudden name of Jesus Christ, the power of the name of Jesus. So three things that we're going to dig into. Firstly, um, that there was a regular pattern going on here. It wasn't random that Peter and John were rocking up. They went at three o'clock in the afternoon, as was their habit to go and pray. And my suspicion is they've probably seen this guy many, many times. He was there every day, the Bible says. So actually what happens on this day is the result of fervent and constant prayer. And as we've had these three days of prayer and fasting, I believe that there will be an outpouring as a result of that in different ways. Already we're hearing of that. But we do believe that there is time when we come together, when we humbly say, God, we need you to move in power in our midst so that we can tell our friends that this kingdom is at hand. Then actually, prayer and fasting are a brilliant way to start. And Peter and John had seen that modelled in Jesus. We know that they'd seen Jesus perform many, many miracles, but we also know they had seen him get up early and go to be with the Father day after day. So I think there's reassurance there for us in the slow work of God. I was with a a lovely friend this week and she said, Judy, the work of God is beautifully slow sometimes, yet frustratingly so. Isn't that true? You know, we love the unsuddenly stories because they're great. But it's, it's harder sometimes when we're in the slow and steady. Pete Gregg says, our prayers light up landing strips for the invading forces of heaven. Wouldn't that be true? be brilliant to be true of our prayers as, we, uh, as uh, we've been reminded today we're going to go deeper and more regular still in our prayer life together at sites this year. And also Beth Moore says this, There are parts of our calling, works of the Holy Spirit and defeats of the darkness that will come no other way than fervent, faith-filled, unceasing prayer. That actually that slow work of God, as we press in, as we say, we will not give up, do it again, Lord. And the second thing, in verse 2, we hear that this man was put there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. He was visible to them, as I said earlier, they may have seen him every day, they may have perhaps in the distance heard him cry out, we don't know. But what was it that made Peter and John on that day stop? There's been a lot of talk about 2020 vision this year. There's been a lot of talk about that, what that means for us. Um, And actually, I heard just this morning, even of a life group who put big glasses on as they prayed this week to celebrate the fact that they were looking with fresh eyes. Isn't that brilliant? And the photograph, ask Kirsty if you'd like to see a photo of that. I'd like to put it on the screen, but I only saw it this morning, so I won't embarrass them. But actually, we're looking with fresh eyes. What happened was Peter and John looked with fresh eyes on that day and heard with different ears, if you like. Uh, Our lovely Dave Isgrove, one of our site pastor team here, (coughs) was pushing a pram 
I presume it was one of his grandchildren, unless there's something I don't know, but he was pushing a pram um, along the road, Trafalgar Road, near where he and Linda live uh, before Christmas. And uh, he was just getting home, just crossing the road to, to be on the right side for his house, when he saw a guy just sort of sweeping up leaves. And he just called to him and just said, thanks for doing that. I've done outside my house. Thanks for doing that, mate. Great. And then carried on. But he noticed that as he walked past, he felt the Holy Spirit to say, Go back and speak to him some more. Just like Peter and John, fresh eyes. The Spirit said, go back. Awkward maybe, I don't know how it was. I'm sure he pulled it off knowing Dave. But he went back and he said, you know, I I noticed an accent that you spoke with. Was it Eastern European? And they got talking and he said, oh, you know, I've got a friend who smuggled uh, Bibles into Romania, as only Dave would have, and sort of carries on chatting like that. And the guy gets really caught up in this, caught up in the things of God and says that, you know, he's interested. Dave invites him to church and he came here. In fact, he came early, I think, didn't he, to the carol service and has come uh, another time since. A lovely example of fresh eyes on that day. What was different about it? It was the work of the Spirit. And I hope and pray that you and I can pray that as we go about our day, even this week, that we'll have fresh eyes. The Stay and Play team said that actually after the three days of prayer and fasting, people walked into Stay and Play, and let me say there's always a beautiful atmosphere, but they noticed a shift in the atmosphere. More than one person commented about it. And I think part of that is expectation. So I've brought in my little sign, expect a miracle, that some of you know fluctuates in my household. Sometimes it's up and visible and sometimes it's so I'm putting that away it's embarrassing now Um, but in a way that's us isn't it that's how we are as we had from the word the confidence that actually does our confidence right stay in place seeing a shift maybe even seeing the people that come and go with fresh eyes as we come into a, a new season and thirdly in the name of Jesus Christ Miracles happen through the name of Jesus many times. We know that the early church was full of that, full of the kind of command of scripture, the command of the name of Jesus. Some of you know I was sharing at Bourneville last week when I had a gun pulled out on me as a young teacher and how the name of Jesus just over and over and over again as a mantra that I just said because I didn't know what else to do made the guy put the gun down and put it under his chair. I have never witnessed anything like it. I've never been more scared either. But that for me as a young teacher and a very young Christian was all I knew what to do. Sometimes when the name of Jesus is all we've got, it's enough. There is power in it. Our lovely Ben Pearson, I only found this out about him this week, uh, was really quite unwell as a child with a blood platelet disorder. Uh, So much so that people said he was chronically unwell, that he was under the hospital for many, many years with a platelet count so low in his blood between 5 and 20 that he was really going to be under the hospital care maybe for life. He shouldn't even be knocked or have a nosebleed. He could not really be in an accident. imagine being parent, I mean it'd be lovely to be Ben's parent, but in that situation pretty terrifying for them. They got their church to pray for five years, for five years until suddenly Ben goes into the children's hospital and is told his platelet count has come up to 190 and they have no more need to see him. And he remembers being put by his dad on the, on the little ledge there and told that he would not have to come back to the children's hospital. And I think he was quite disappointed because he wouldn't have gummy bears anymore. But, um, 
but that's the, that's the slow and the quick, isn't it? That's what we're looking at here. That's a miracle that means that we have a lovely, healthy worship director in charge of our brilliant worship. But it's also the slow work of God in that church must have really gone in when they first heard the news and prayed and prayed. And I'm sure at times they got a little bit weary in it, but they hung on in because it's the body, isn't it? And that's the lovely thing that we've each got each other today because actually when one is strong, the other is weak and so on. But that church saw a miracle the slow and then suddenly. And I love that story and I'm really touched that Ben had shared that. So in the name of Jesus Christ, this man who, a bit like Ben, has been born with this disorder, who's probably despaired, who's probably said, as for that miracle, I'll start praying for something else. You know, he, he starts asking actually for money, not healing, interestingly. The need is diverted for him. And I wonder if that's true for some of us. Do you need to see your marriage restored? Do you need to see a relationship restored today? Because miracles aren't all about healing. Miracles are about provision in the early church. They're about restoration. They're about hope. They're signs of the kingdom pouring out. There are the things that we have said that is impossible. I wonder if the man had started asking for money because he thought the healing bit was impossible. And maybe some of us have started asking for something else because we've signed off that other miracle to to be impossible. And as I've prayed, and I really have prayed about this talk, I've been nervous about it because I know we all have different experiences of this. Hence the little boy falling over at the beginning. But we do have a great, big, powerful God that I believe as we come for prayer today is going to do miracles amongst us, the slow and the quick. And and we believe for it. And I think this year, as we raise the bar, as we say we believe for more, help our unbelief, but as we believe for more, we will see more. Because if you look at that academic study, where were the miracles? It was where the culture expected it and needed it. Well, need, we know, tick. (laughs) Look at our world, look at our city, look at our nation, look at our lives, we need it. But also that incredible power that we have to share with others that need we have to to share this, as we heard last week, that we can't help but share what God has done. What I loved about the prayer and fasting days is they weren't arduous and, oh no, do it again, Lord. It was do it again, Lord, because we're enjoying God. And and I really think there's a sense, a lightness for us this year, that we enjoy God afresh and in all the playfulness of what he will do amongst us. Uh, You'll remember in the summer, I've asked Manjinda to come and share a little bit more of her story. Manjinda uh, shared as part of our summer series of people sharing their stories. And uh, she left us saying that uh, she was estranged from her mum, those of you who who remember her story. And uh, really, we didn't even have it on the podcast, so you may have missed it at Riverside House. I'm going to ask Manjinda to come up. Let's give her a welcome. And uh, this is tough for Manjinda to share. It was tough for her to share then, and I know it'll probably be even more tough now because her mum has sadly died uh, in the meantime. But I do know that uh, since the time of sharing, Manjinda has seen the miraculous power of God. So Manjinda, do you want to just perhaps catch us up to speed if people missed your brilliant story and then tell us how God has intervened? Well, um, when I shared, I'd, um, I'd said that I'd become a Christian at university. Um, There was a sort of mini revival going on in the hall that I was in. 
Um, it took me about a year and a half to make my commitment to Jesus because I knew that I would um, lose my family. Uh, I knew that um, their Sikhs, I would become a Christian and that I would lose them. Um, when I left university, the inevitable happened. I said I couldn't go to the temple anymore and I had to leave the house taking nothing with me. And God was um, very good to me during that time, although it was a painful time. Um, when I first shared, I hadn't spoken to my mum probably for about 26, 27 years. Um, I did know that she was in hospital the first time that I shared because she'd fallen over and broken her femur, although the family were hopeful that she would make a full recovery. Um, the second time I shared at Riverside um, House, she had deteriorated, and I remember saying to somebody, um, the chances are that there will be no reconciliation in this life. And I joked with my sisters that because my mother is as stubborn as I am, um, it was likely, it would be a miracle for us to be together again, really, before she passed away. So that's where I'd left it, really. And I know for many of us here, having heard your story, the prayer really did increase for you because none of us really wanted that to be the end of the story. I know many of your community group and people here prayed. So do you want to just tell us what happened then? Um, three days after the um, second interview at Riverside, my sister messaged me and said that my mother would like to see me. Um, she'd been in hospital then for about 10 or 12 days um, and we as a family went to see her a couple of days later. Um, my family were providing 24-hour care for her even though she was in hospital because she didn't like to be left alone. Um, she was really warm towards us as a family. I was able to slot into the care rotor and be with her in the eight days before she passed away. Uh, she was physically very frail, but mentally she was alert. Um, she made it clear that she knew who we were. She asked Martin, my husband, for forgiveness because she'd completely ignored him and had had nothing to do with him. It was a real privilege to be with her during those eight days. I was able to pray with her one of the nights that I was with her. And my sister said to me, it was amazing to see because although she hadn't seen me for all that, those many years, it was like she completely trusted me. Um, she knew that I loved her and she knew that there was no... There was nothing between us, really. Were, although we'd been separated for all that time, I still loved her, and I knew that she still loved me. So it was, it was a miracle, really. I want to thank everyone for praying for us. That was truly amazing. Can we say a massive thank you, just with our applause, but this is just us cheering you on, and then I'd love to pray for you. Lord, our applaud is for you and your power 
And our applause is for Manjinda and Martin and the whole family for hanging in there and for this community for believing that we would see your goodness in the land of the living, that mm. we would see reconciliation, that the things with man that seem impossible are possible because of you. Lord, thank you for this beautiful story and for Manjinda's grace and courage in sharing it at such a fragile time. We honour her in the name of Jesus. Continue your beautiful work. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. So what about us? That's one incredible story, but you and I will have other stories of those impossible situations. The situations that we've said, yeah, I can't believe for that anymore. And that actually God would say to us that do it again maybe for you today. To have faith that actually we will see a miraculous intervention for some of us that we've been waiting for, like this man, for so long. I love the fact that at the end of the passage, there is awe, there is wonder, and there is dancing. That from those days of being placed, imagine how humiliating, he's placed there. In the, on the way into the courts every single day. He must have grown weary in it. I felt as I was praying for us, there's some of us that feel like our lives have been impending, Trey, if you're old enough to remember what that even means, um, that, that we've, we've just been pending for so long, waiting for the younger ones, waiting, 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 uh, as had this man. And then the unsuddenlies of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, walk. And that actually... God would say that to us afresh today. Put your name there. Your name there. That actually for you, in the name of Jesus, walk. Faith can rise again for you in that impossible situation. I know that Manjinda must have felt so close to giving up hope. As she said, sharing in the summer that she possibly would never see her mum again. That she wouldn't meet her grandchildren. That she wouldn't have that beautiful reconciliation with Martin. So, so powerful. And that's how big our God truly is. Just written a, a short prayer that I'd love us to pray together. And then we're going to have a time of prayer ministry where we do come and pray for the miraculous in our lives. And even if you just come and say, I want a shift, I want a confident shift because my confidence is here. Maybe you feel like that little one falling over and feel like you're on your face, or maybe you feel like you're like the man dancing and just you can't help but tell. But just to come again for a touch of the Spirit today, because this is a work of the Spirit. It's, that's why it's so unexplainable. That's why it's so unfathomable to us. That's why we're so little, but God is so big. So would we stand together, and perhaps Ben and the band could come up, and um, before we have our individual prayer ministry, um, and I always think it's good to read something a little bit before you know what you're going to pray, so I'll just give you a, a moment there. Um, and then let's say that together. Lord, we believe in the slow, beautiful, transformational work of prayer. And we believe in the miraculous and suddenly of prayer. The get up and walks, the defying the odds kind of miracles. Increase our faith this day to see with fresh eyes, to look again at the impossibles in our lives and pray 
all things are possible. Do it again, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come, move, and do miracles once again in our midst. Do it again, we pray. Amen. Amen.